Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Hello there and welcome back to another riveting episode of This Song Is Yours. I'm Simon Fink, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join us for episode 311. Today, we're diving into the world of Australian folk with a special spotlight on the immensely talented duo Winterbourne. These two musical maestros are dropping their highly anticipated second studio album, Act of Disappearing, today. This record has been a labour of love brewing over the span of a few remarkable years. Act of Disappearing is a testament to Winterbourne's dedication and craftsmanship from bouncing ideas among trusted friends, producers and laptops since 2018 to self-producing the album and recording it over two years at various studios, including their home studio and the Grove Studios. In today's episode, we're honoured to sit down with James Draper and Jordan Brady to unravel the songwriting journey behind this magnificent record. We'll explore their artful blend of organic and electronic instruments, delve into the genesis of Winterbourne, and gain insight into the band's remarkable journey. This conversation promises a treasure trove of wisdom and creative processes that have shaped the very essence of Winterbourne's music. Now, before we embark on this insightful conversation, please make sure you subscribe to This Song Is Yours on your preferred podcast platform. Stay in the loop with our latest episodes by following us on social media. All the details are available in the show notes for today's episode. We also want to say a massive thank you to Marie from Island Music Australia for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Winterbourne. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, James and Jordan from Winterbourne. Gentlemen, hello. How are you going? Hello. Very well, thank you. <laughs> James and Jordan, thank you so much for your time today. It is very much appreciated. As I know, there's um, there's plenty going on for you at the moment. There's a brand new record coming out, The Act of Disappearing. Um, firstly, congratulations on this brand new record. Thank you. Thanks. How... Um, I guess, how is it feeling? How does each release day kind of differ? I think this is the the second record from the band. Yeah, it's is feeling... Is there any rituals or any kind of... um? Yeah, sorry. You're right. No, uh, there are... Uh, well, we don't really... Haven't really had time for any rituals. Last time we released an album, we did a 10-day countdown. It got progressively more intricate. And that's just an Instagram video thing i don't know if we're going to do but i mean we're going to have to do that at some point this year um but i haven't really been thinking about that i haven't really realized properly how close it is it's it's well actually at the time of recording it's a month away (laughs) 
Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yes, we can share that. <laughs> Just do both options. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a few days. <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, I mean, we're going to have to get the lads around and have a couple of whiskeys and have a listen. That's <laughs> what we did last that. time as well. No, we did that. That's in just the... what we tell people we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did it. In... We did remember that cosy, we were in leather yeah, armchairs no, and that's cigars. That's your dreams. I keep oh, telling you that was in your dreams. One of these days we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. Well, look, regardless of whether there's whiskey involved or not, I'm sure it's going to be a very exciting day when the record does come out. Um I know that we just said it is the second record. Do, for either of you, do nerves still ever kind of play a part in releasing new music and, and putting a full body of work out into the world? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's just uh, the case of something you've worked on for a hilarious amount of time and then it gets to the point where it's taken so long and you've kept it to yourself for so long that you forget almost that the whole purpose of it is to share it with the world. So, um, yeah, when that looms all of a sudden, it it becomes nerve-wracking. I think we've, because we've put a few singles out from this uh, record, it it almost feels like the time, the time has come um, to get it out. And there's been plenty of build-up and warm-up for us. So we're not. It's not like we're uh, going in cold or anything. And yeah, we've been playing shows as well. So we've been testing the songs. No one seems to hate them. So <laughs> um, yeah, and it's been long enough. So we're more excited than anything, I would say. One hundred percent. Is that the same for yourself, Jordan? Yeah, I think I get more nervous about singles, um, or at least I I did about the first couple of singles we put out, just because. That you just forget that they're going to be judged by people and that other people are going to own them instead of just them being on my Dropbox link. And um, so, yeah, the night before Long Distance Runner came out was not nerve wracking, but was kind of exciting. And I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. The album's finished, so um, it's it's going to happen the way it's going to happen, and, and we can just hopefully enjoy it. I think I'm mostly nervous about it just being finished and us being on to album number three without much having happened. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what goes on. I'm fully aware that there's quite a lot of fans also excited to, to kind of check out this record and have it in their hands. Um, we were very lucky enough to have a listen to the record um, before it is coming out. And I have to say it gave me a, um, an absolutely pleasant surprise in terms of that it's still very much a Winterbourne record, but... Um, putting on some good headphones to kind of listen to this, it's immediately from the get-go, from that first track, it's almost just kind of like it sonically bursts into a kaleidoscope um, and like a kind of like a weird dream sonically. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous record. Um, I guess, uh, actually, I think you guys produced this record yourself this time around, correct? Yeah. What was that? Rec- uh, what was that experience like in terms of being able to choose and direct the record in your own way. It was it was good. We've kind of got there incrementally over time. So it has, it's not like we've had producers all this time and then thought we'd just call it and give it a, a good go ourselves. We've kind of been learning from um, producers and friends of ours uh, over, the, over the years and kind of become more and more involved uh, in the process as we went and this I guess was just the first time where we uh, had enough 
skill and also belief in ourselves to uh, get the songs from demo to to putting out into the world. And there was also an aspect of it where we've always been very keen on the demo making process and and putting lots of effort into that. Um, and we always find that there is though you can really bring a song to life in the studio in in one sense, you can always um, often lose some of whatever the original essence was in the demo. We've always tried to keep that, but inevitably if you retract something completely, then you, you're making a new recording. So we thought this time with the added influence of the fact that we're probably going to be separate a bit more from people because of COVID, we thought uh, let's, let's try and make a record. Let's make the rule that we're going to be in control all the way and see if we can do a good job. And uh, that was that was it's actually inspiring, I guess, and made us write a little bit differently. Uh, and was yeah, it's just we we've kind of become like that with all the things we do, where we're quite controlling, uh, and it makes the end of the process feel. Uh, I don't know if it makes it more nerve wracking, but it makes it it makes it more like you're offering a piece of yourself because we've really just gone. This is us making a thing, and now we're offering it to the world. So, yeah, I guess it's a little more vulnerable. One hundred percent. I feel like um, th- there's an added level of investment almost. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like <Yeah>. our lives, <laughs> <laughs> all the skills we've. <laughs> there's no excuses. It's like this is it. This is all we can do. I mean, to mm-hmm. be fair, we did the artwork as well, so we've got we've got that. But. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was honestly like a dream. It's experience. Like we met in high school and we were making songs on a program called Music Master before we uh, even wrote songs. So it's it's always been what we love doing, and we've always loved the the fact that we have an excuse to to make stuff and people will actually listen to us. One hundred percent. I was going to um get to this maybe a little bit later, but because the opportunity has arisen I would love to know how you guys yeah how you got together and I guess how those first um I want to say sessions of, of writing music or trying to I guess work out what you wanted to do together musically how they kind of went and how you landed on what is now Winterbourne yeah well we we met in high school in year eight um and we were both just getting started with guitar we both well, wanted to be in the same band that didn't exist that was belonged to one of our friends um which never ended up being a band um and essentially i think we just defected from that band and made our own um shortly after that but we just kind of liked the same music and it was all very guitar based like acdc and green day and um this kind of stuff that you learn when you're starting music um or you did when it was 2007 um and then from there, yeah, we did music class together and sort of started to shape uh, what we liked and realise why we liked it. Our music teacher showed us Simon and Garfunkel and that to us made a lot of sense and, and, and there was two of us and we were just starting to sing and um, that opened up that whole folk world to us and obviously around the same time it, the whole folk thing became huge um, around the end of our time in high school. So, um and then uh, we, well, I don't know why we started writing, but we wrote a song called we wrote a song called Soldier Song, which was our first ever endeavor into the world of songwriting. Uh, and it was I don't know if that's ever been mentioned. 
think that's no. I'm going to. First time, that's, yeah, first time we've gone to the press with that. <laughs> uh, it's still somewhere. Um, we can put it out. Uh, it was based on a, uh, a a alarm clock in James's bedroom, and we stole a riff from that and made it into a song. And we recorded it on James's computer, and it was really fun. I remember it being like a. It was a huge deal. Wanted to show people that we'd recorded actual guitars and vocals, and we'd done, and we had like a drum track that went all the way through it, and then, and then, yeah, obviously doing music class, we they kind of started introducing that composition stuff to us, and we used Music Master, and just kind of got the taste for putting stuff down and tracking things, and and also playing live together when we started learning harmonies and how to sing properly, and um, James started actually singing. Um, we figured out that we sounded pretty good together. And so, yeah, we had that live aspect where we could go off and do the busking and make money and get in front of people. And we did stuff at school and we could also record. So it kind of all came from that time in high school. And then once we left, it was, we, we had a crack at uni. Um, and I don't know like if we it. gave it a crack. <laughs> we went, uh, we, we signed up to uni. We were there. <laughs> <laughs> we were enrolled. Um, occasionally present. Yeah. And, kind of just used it as an excuse to get to Sydney and then we'd decide if we wanted to go to uni or not and usually we would decide not to and <laughs> that's when we started busking and, and doing things that we we saw to be a little bit more better uses of our time um, and we were right up to this point, turns out. <laughs> not, not that I know where we'd be if we'd got our arts media degree. That's right. but that's right. I like to think we On the would other be... side of this interview, no doubt. <laughs> That's right. Well, look, I'm glad to hear that whatever decisions that you have made has led us to us being able to chat to you, but also to this record. Um, it is, as I've mentioned, it's sonically stunning, guys. Um, I'm very curious what you kind of mentioned before, James, in terms of the, I guess, having a producer hat on influenced the songwriting aspect of the record. Can, are you able to just to elaborate on that a little bit? Because I'm curious how it would have changed, I guess, yeah, what this, the structure of the song was, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think it was um, unique for this record because we kind of uh, had this idea of this world that these songs would live in. Um, and I think that was part of why we ended up producing it ourselves because it just took so much time and uh effort and vision on our part um but because we kind of had that uh vision of what this album was going to look like even and what it was going to sound like which actually came from one of the demos um we just found ourselves following that a little bit and we didn't really write into that but songs that uh started coming out kind of seemed to be in the same world and we knew how to bring them. We knew how to bring them to life. I guess we knew uh, they seemed to fall into place a lot easier than previously. Where um, it's just been a case of let's write as many songs as we can. It never felt like we needed many more songs, and we were always confident that they were going to come out. So I mean, this record has been a process over probably since we were making the first one. So for like four four years almost. Um, and along that way, we didn't really know what. Um, we didn't know whether or not we had the songs, enough good ones anyway, uh, until 
all of a sudden we did. Um, and along that way, we'd been producing it without really even knowing because we were putting all the same sounds in certain songs and making the same decisions and putting themes in the songs that we didn't even realize we were putting in. And um, yeah, we kind of just got to a point where we had 12 of those that we loved and made sense together and like 30 others. But um, yeah, we, I don't know necessarily if. Uh, I did as, as well because we went to this cottage and we set up as a band with our friends uh, and recorded some demos and I, like we were thinking at the time we is this a song we don't have already and um, what are the drums going to do like the fact that the drums were doing a certain thing made us write a certain way and yeah all the decisions along the way were we we, we ne- it was never that thing of let's demo a song and then who knows what it's going to sound like in the end. It was always, if we're making this, then we're, it's going to sound like this. It's going to sound like as it emerged on the day, at least to some degree. And we tried to, that's pretty much ended up being true for the whole record. So that's nice. I kind of loved that. I was curious to the balance of the record. There's quite a number of stunning like acoustic tracks, like, um, Glass of Lemonade is one of them that I absolutely loved on there, but then it sits perfectly next to like Do Nothing, which is like more upbeat and there's more instrumentation to that. The record seems to share this beautiful balance of like organic instruments with some like synths and I think, um, what was it? Was it a, um, was it a Farissa? Farissa synthesizer or keyboard? Farissa. I think. I don't even know if that's how you say it. I've never heard anyone else say it. So. <laughs> it could be I'm, for a reason. I'm going to go with your pronunciation on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess with the balance of more acoustic tracks compared to your more upbeat or like maybe synthesized or even like rockier tracks, was there ever a, balance, a thought of the balance, I guess, going in like we've got too many folky songs or we've got too many of these or is it just as you've kind of said what it comes out on the day that song is what it is yeah it's a thank you first of all that's a yeah. good assessment of the sound and uh, <laughs> we, um, i feel like it was a combination I, I i think we instinctively try and shape a an album a certain way and we we kind of know the feel that we're going for every time we write a song we know if it's going to fit and how it's going to fit um it mostly it was just seeing where the songs took us um there was definitely a point towards the end where we didn't have enough or where a lot of the songs were very upbeat and um happy and so we like uh walks along the avenue is a song that we did in that cottage um and it was a it was a particularly dark song um that ended up feeling quite sad and yeah filled that <laughs> filled that melancholic hole that we didn't that we had in the record and it it incorporated the characters that we had been talking about during the record so it was a that was a late decision to say well this one really seems to fit on the album more than we thought it did um and then when we put it into end side a so track six it kind of became a pivotal song on the record um so there was an element of, of yeah, choosing things like choosing things that we'd done that were going to fit and and making the album feel more whole. Um, but also, there I think mostly that album, this album is just our favorite twelve songs that we've that we've done. And because we did them all in that 
frame of mind of, of putting them in that world and we tried to connect them as we were going. There wasn't really a big process at the end of having to link everything together and make it fit. It was kind of already done for us. Um, but yeah, and Glass of Lemonade was a similar one that was that was laid on in the process and that immediately to both of us, uh, James just wrote that and sent it to me and it was like, okay, well, that's got to go on because there's no other song like that on the record and it's every album needs that song. Um, and especially this one, because that's such a refreshing moment in the record, listening to it all the way through um, at track four. It's just such a nice, such a nice place to go. So, yeah, it was kind of a combination of all those things. 100%. It is a, um, The Glass of Lemonade is a stunning track. For anyone listening to this record, um, links for the album will be in the show notes. So please go and listen to the record and then listen to these songs that we're talking about. Um, one I was hoping I might be a little bit selfish to ask about. It was my favorite track on the record. And I think is maybe what I would say is like in, in my mind, and please let me know your opinion on this. And if I'm very off, off target, well. yeah, good. Thank you. <laughs> Hold me accountable. Um, was a very excellent day. I thought that was a perfect distil- uh, distillation of what the record is trying to do in terms of blending those organic and, um, and synthesized instruments. Very joyous, very upbeat. Loved the vocals on that song. I was wondering whether you might just be able to share, I guess, part of the creation or the behind the scenes of where A Very Excellent Day came from. Nice. Well, thanks. I'm glad you liked that one. I don't think that's been anyone's favourite yet and I thought it was going to be like like everyone's <laughs> favourite. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad you like it. Um, that was one that had been around in a demo stage for a while um, and we just had those do 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 dis from the intro and not really any <laughs> not really any song. Um, so um, it, we knew that those those do's were strong uh, and we, we wanted to put them in a song. Um, but, it, yeah, we, we just kind of couldn't find a, a verse and a chorus that would... Um, be as good as the do's so that was the main <laughs> challenge and we realized at some point that every section of the song doesn't have to be the best section in the world <laughs> it can just be let the song do what it wants to do and then those do's will, um, <laughs> for people listening this just sounds like i'm an insane person but... i hope there's like a transcribed version of this <laughs> that you can just read along with <laughs> uh, james has a serious stutter yeah um yeah, but I always had this image, uh, this um, I guess image. Can you have a sonic image of a like a seventies esque? Just that feeling of those acoustics that are just like mm. so full of life. And the um, really wanted those two complementary acoustic parts. We're always fans of playing a, a guitar either side um, and two vocals. And so it was a perfect moment to have just one of those intros where it's like riff happens. Ben comes in and supports it and it just makes you go, yes, and you're like on a road trip or whatever. Um, but then if, and then naturally we just um, tried our best to ruin it with a confusing and um, meta lyric <laughs> that means it's 80 different things at once. But, um, yeah, that kind of adds to it. And I love that. I love the fact that we get to sing um, – all in all and all, on and on and all in all, I'd say a very excellent day as a, <laughs> as a hook. Um, and I like that it's at that point just unashamedly positive, but I guess almost in a delirious way. 
I think that's maybe part of its appeal. That's maybe part of why it caught on. It was unabashedly, mm. as you said, un- like unashamedly positive and kind of just um, you can't listen to that track and not kind of walk away feeling good. And if you do, well, then that's that's mm. a much bigger issue that's outside of the band and the scope <laughs> of the, the record. We try yes. our best. <laughs> um, with these new songs, I know you said that you've been playing some of them um, on that most recent tour is there one off the record that maybe didn't get a live debut that you're looking forward to um, to taking to the audiences? I've got one. Yep. Uh, Bird Come on the Breeze. On. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Bird on the Breeze. I, I, I fought tooth and nail to have that song on the tour. And I wanted it, I wanted it to be track one on the, on, at every show. And then that was shut down and then it was going to be just in there somewhere else and then someone decided it was too hard or something. I don't actually know what your reason was. I tuned out. Uh, and James thinks that I only like it because it's the first time I've had a lead vocal part and that is part of it. But I also think it's a really... Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a great song. It's, it gets really epic and I, I picture that at a... I picture that on Glastonbury main stage at sunset. So I, yeah. I guess that's unfair of me. Uh, but... I also I picture it as being a, a great live track, and it's track eleven, which uh, history has shown that's my favourite track on any record we've done so far out of the two, um, <laughs> and the most epic live track. I think it's a good it's a good moment on a record, so it's a good moment on the stage. So yeah, I'm keen. Uh, hopefully, we we find a good spot for that on the album tour. I'm looking forward to that, James. What about yourself? Um... Probably a very excellent day, actually. We didn't, we haven't played that, uh, and yeah, I think it'll be a favourite live, and uh, yeah, I'm keen to play it. It's a good one, even as the, even as just the two of us, it's we can kind of pull it off. Um, so, on this upcoming tour, we'll be the full band, and we'll get all the parts to be played, and yeah, it'll be full of life, hopefully, and hopefully everyone will have a great react and be a positive experience for all. I can't imagine anything different from as we've discussed the positivity of that track but i'm looking forward <laughs> yeah. to seeing them both in their, their live debut form um that as we discussed earlier we are a little uh pulling the what is it pulling the curtain behind the scenes whatever we are a few weeks out from the um the album coming out um when this episode airs there's nothing announced at the moment but once the album is out can we expect a full album tour to be announced yeah, has that not been announced yet? Okay. The, yes. Well, if, it's if hard it's... to say, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it has. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we've mentioned it or, or, we're, or we're about to mention it. I don't know where I am we in will, time, yeah. timeline. We, we, will be, we will be touring the album in March 2024. Certainly. Actually, I think there was maybe a public tease and that we're, we're getting those dates. We should have them by the time that people are actually listening to this audio and we'll make sure that the tour yep. dates are in the show notes for people to go ahead and buy those tickets and come see you in a live capacity. Amazing. Great. That'd be great. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> um, gentlemen, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to at the moment, if there is anything on high rotation. Uh, for yourselves, Jordan, I'll, I'll let you go first. Is there anything that's um, on high rotation for you at the moment? Let me just crack open my uh, Spotify search section. Um, Do you want me to go? Because I've got one. Do you? Yeah, if you've got one, go. Yeah. I've been absolutely smashing a song called Speech Bubble by Flight, which I think is absolutely 
Lovely. Um, I honestly must have listened to that like 25 times in the last week or so. And a song called uh, Black Friday by Tom O'Dell. Oh, yeah. Absolutely Flight. beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Just Flight been, spelled just as per, like yeah. F-L-I-G-H-T? No, F-L-Y-T-E. Okay. All right. Yes. Glad yeah. you asked. That's a huge <laughs> distinction to me. Yeah. Yeah, they're really cool. They're like London, London based. Is that song Speech Bubble the one we did in the car? That's not the Laura Marling one? The other one? The other new one? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and reveal that I've been listening to big band classics. Uh, <laughs> starting with In the Mood by Glenn Miller and then working my way through the, um, the big band classics Spotify playlist. Uh, you know, true. sort of those classic forties and fifties uh, vibes. That's all I've been. I've just. That's all I've been doing. That's, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I, 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 maybe I'm late to the table <laughs> on the being mm. a fan of forties music, but almost so the, almost a century late. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's coming back around. I think it's going to be cool again. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. yeah, we only listen to songs that came out like last week. <laughs> Stuff from nearly a hundred years ago. That's, that's it. Is this possibly um, Winterbourne? I know we're we're talking about Winterbourne Record Two and and promoting that. Is this possibly a sneak peek into Record Three, Winterbourne into the big band era? Yeah, it's a combination of of, of very accessible uh, English folk and um, and big band. Um, <laughs> I've said too much. You, you got it out of me. <laughs> Look, I look any insight and any behind the scenes that we can get, we will take. Um, so that one, the big band Winterbourne era, I'm looking forward to. But until then, um, we are very much enjoying Active Disappearing, which is the second record from Winterbourne. Um, James and Jordan, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and um, having a chat with us today. I do appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having us. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Leti Sagun. And I'm Ashley Frangi. And together we host Se Regalan Dudas, a Spanish podcast with many episodes in English as well that has hit over 100 million downloads worldwide, making it to the top 25 global chart. What started as a raw, unfiltered conversations between two best friends struck a chord with millions, evolving into an open space where we bring in experts, thought leaders to challenge the norms, explore topics ranging from relationships and sexuality to personal growth and mental health. Here, no topic is off limits. Catch new episodes of Se Regalan Dudas every Tuesday and Thursday on your favorite podcast platform or watch us on YouTube. Let's dive deep, challenge norms, and have some real talk together. The way you would spell and find our podcast is S-E space 
R-E-G-A-L-A-N space D-U-D-A-S. Se regalan dudas. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.